Hey, this is Dana Miette, and you're listening to the Teen Life Survival Guide Podcast. If you want the real long version of what this podcast is about, go on over to the first episodes, but I'm going to keep this short and sweet now that we got a couple episodes under our belt. This podcast is made for teens, but it's really welcome to anyone who wants to learn more about their faith as we tackle the tough topics about life. If you have any topic requests, please email me at teenlifesurvivalguide at gmail.com. Any Bible will do, but if you want to follow along what Bible I will be reading out of, it will always be the New American Standard Bible. May God bless you, and I cannot wait to start this journey with you. What's up, guys? Hope you're doing well. Our topic today is our heart and our importance of our heart. And as always, we'll start with a prayer. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this amazing opportunity that we could come together, Lord. Thank you for giving us the choice that we can choose you, Lord. We don't deserve you yet. You choose us anyway. You allow us to choose you anyway. And you love us and you bless us and you protect us from things we see and those we don't. And Lord, when we don't get our way and when things don't go how we think they should, we know that you're taking it and you're turning it for good and you're doing everything out of your perfect love and your perfect plan for us and everyone else in this world. And Lord, as we talk about our hearts today, may we see what you want us to see and learn what you want us to learn, God, so we could go about our day and use our heart for good and have a heart like you, Lord, a loving and caring heart and not a heart of this world. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Y'all know I tell you this all the time. I love when I get topic requests because guys, you know, the spirit is going to speak to us differently and we all have questions. I have many questions. And when I get questions, it always sparks just a little fire in me to to research and find the answers and take what, you know, I already know through scripture and also dig it a a little bit deeper. And I will say this one was really fun. I'm talking about the heart. And actually, after I studied a lot about the heart, I'm actually going to use it and teach, you know, the appropriate parts of it to, to my youth group. And so it's just so cool to, you know, watch one little question just transform into, you know, this beautiful fruit that is produced based on that little seed of just that questioning in your heart and not being afraid to come out with that question and us all learn together. Um, and then after we talk about heart today, um, we'll talk about the opposite of what a good heart looks like. But for those who obviously didn't ask the question, the question that I was asked was about our hearts. And they said, the Bible says in Jeremiah that the heart can be deceitful. Um, but doesn't that depend on what you let into your heart? Like Proverbs 4, 23, which says above all else, guard your heart. So it's this question of our heart. Um, how can our heart be deceitful if we're, you know, guarding it the way we should? You know, is it because we're allowing certain things in our heart? How can our heart be deceitful if we're guarding it and we're staying devoted to God? Those kind of things. And so today we're going to dig in deep into scripture and, you know, listen to all the things we know about our heart because it is a confusing um, topic. And I just want to say that a lot of times the problem with our heart isn't that we don't mean to be good, but a lot of time with our heart, we think with our emotions. Um, But we'll just start with some Bible verses and we'll kind of reflect. So I looked up a lot about the heart. And so the first thing we learn in Matthew 5, 8, um, is that our heart's important. And it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. So we know we have to have this pure heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, um, like stated in the question, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. So we know that our heart's going to impact our decisions and that things around us influence our heart. And so our heart 
heart has to be guarded. Um, but a lot of times we guard it from the wrong thing. Um, so in Ephesians 6.12, it says, For our struggles not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of its darkness, and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. So a lot of times we think that, you know, it's a person that's breaking our heart because we think of the emotion of the heart. But really, the battle is much deeper than that. I'm not saying no one's going to hurt your heart. I'm not saying no one's going to break your heart. But really, it goes to the root of you're not fighting a person. And a lot of times we think, oh, I have to guard my heart um, from toxic people and I have to do this and this and this. But the reality is we live in a broken world. You're always going to be around bad type influences. You're you know, through social media, through commercials, through songs around you, you're always going to be in a fallen world. Um, but that doesn't mean you have fallen. Um, Jesus dined around sinners all the time. That didn't mean he was sinning. Now, do we want to make good choices and friends? Absolutely. Do we want to try to surround ourselves with people who, you know, help us see the good? Absolutely. But if you think you can avoid being guard your heart as in, you're just going to avoid being around brokenness and sinfulness it's impossible because we live in a broken world um and a lot of times people say oh well I just you know I'll just avoid those people but even the people who you think are the holiest I mean in the bible you have the pharisees who people thought were the holiest um you surround yourself by those people but they're still broken people in a broken world so yes we need to guard our heart but we also have to realize that it's our main struggle isn't against the flesh and blood but it's against that darkness and that darkness is going to come after. Um, so you could have the purest of heart, but that doesn't mean you're not going to fail. And it doesn't mean, you know, you're you're going to be able to avoid it. Um, and what I notice the most, the one that sticks with me when I think of heart is Matthew 6. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, and so to me, that's where I always go to with heart. So when it says in Jeremiah, in Jeremiah, um, it said that it was the C- Jeremiah 13 is what um, the reader was talking about says that the heart can be deceitful and that's because the heart can sometimes want worldly things and we can start to treasure worldly things and so it can be deceitful because we start to forget that those things um, aren't what matter the most. And so a lot of people, when they think of heart, they think of, you know, this, this sinfulness of, um, you know, broken relationships or toxic behaviors or, or things like that. But it can be something as simple as success or um, social status. And that's what I think we forget. Like I said, it says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if all you're worried about is having fancy cars and a nice house and all those things, and you're putting it before God, that's where your heart's going to be. You're going to start to look back and see that, you know, all the things you were doing responded to that. I have a lot of friends and, and I used to struggle with this too, and there's nothing wrong with sports, but you know, at my job, I see it all the time that, um, people want to miss church events 24 seven for sports. And it kills me because I was the athlete and guess what? I miss church events for sports and I'm, you know, not trying to hate on it, but the point is where your treasure is there, your heart will also be. And so there's a lot of times, um, Last weekend, uh, or two weekends ago, we were supposed to go to the beach, and it just so happened that um, it fell on my youth group day. And yes, I could choose to cancel, 
youth group. Absolutely. And yes, you know, beach is good. Relaxation's good. And all those things are important. But in my mind, I'm like, yes, I can cancel youth group, but I made a commitment to those kids. And to me, as long as my kids were okay, and they're still young, so they don't really know. To me, missing that youth group was missing an opportunity to connect with them kids and teach them about Jesus. And so my heart, my treasure is to use my calling to help others. And so, you know, it affected my decision. And then, of course, the next week when we decided we would just go to the beach the next week, my whole family was sick and we never got to go. My point is that my heart for Jesus, my love for Jesus, putting him first sometimes guides your decisions. And so if your treasure is on worldly things like social status and success and things like that, it's not wrong to want to be successful. It's not wrong to want to be popular or those kind of things. But if you base everything off of it, your heart is going to start being the same way. And it's not going to be a heart like God's heart where you're serving others, you're going to instead have a heart serving self. Um, Psalms 37, four says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So a lot of times, you know, people say, if you pray for something, you'll get it. But what I always try to say is if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you your desires. So if your desires are matching up with his, because you're going through prayer, trying to be more Christ-like, he's constantly molding you. That's when you'll get the desires of your heart, because that's when your heart is good. Psalm 26, 2 says, examine me, Lord, and put me to test, refine my mind and heart. So David obviously sees the importance of his heart. Um, and he is reminding himself, you know, in prayer, God examine me refine my mind and heart and that's another point I want to point out is a lot of people will say like oh it's never my heart to do this or never my heart to do that yes you should know your heart and yes you should know your hearts to serve God but a pure heart does not mean you're not going to fail and David recognizes this we talked about his sin before but in Psalm 51 10 where he is sorry for his sin one thing he says is creating me a clean heart God and renew my steadfast spirit within me so what he's saying is you know he has sinned and his heart is not pure and he knows the only way his heart could be pure is through God's forgiveness and his spirit being renewed. God teaches us that we are a new creation. You know, when we fall short, when we ask for forgiveness, when we see what we did wrong and we grow from it, we can be new. And David um, identifies that. David trusts that that's true, that he's going to mess up sometimes, but that God, through God, he can have that renewed spirit and his heart can be cleaned. Psalm 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So again, he's pointing out, you know, like I said, yes, guard your heart um, against the evil and against sin, but also understand that you're going to fail, but God is the strength of that heart. So like I said, people say, oh, it's not my heart to do this. It's not anybody's heart to do it. When they say guard your heart, it's not against people that you're guarding your heart. It's against those sinful wants and against those emotions and feelings to make your treasure something that isn't God. And like I said, we often do it for popularity, um, you know, for friendship, for relationships. We value those things over God. We think if we just have that perfect boyfriend or perfect girlfriend, and then we get married and have kids and we put all our stock in that and we spend all our time with that treasure and then we forget that although those are all good things, that's not the one true thing that we need um, to survive. So we have to make sure our heart is in the right place and that our heart first is to serve the Lord. And when you do that, he's going to bless you in a million ways. We don't do it for the blessings, but God just loves us so much. He gives it to us anyway. So God will help you. So it's like, well, how can I protect my heart? You, you know, you just said that 
you know, the devil's coming at it. It's not people, but people influence my feelings. So how can you protect your heart? Um, and it's all from staying connected to God. So Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. So we just have to give him our... Like I said, um, when the question says, well, you know, how did their heart overtake them? But God says to guard your heart. Because even if you're guarding your heart, if you're not staying close to God, um, even if it's just for a second you know, things can get through because you're still human and you're still going to make mistakes. Like David, we talk, I love talking about David all the time because he's, you know, the king and God uses him and, you know, his descendants and all that kind of stuff. But yet he makes so many mistakes. And, you know, David was doing such a great job. And then all of a sudden he got lazy and he got comfortable and his heart just went wrong. And so it's when we rely on God that's when our heart will stay right. And when he started relying on God again, his heart went right again. So it's having that heart for God, that obedient heart to God and letting God handle the rest, knowing that you don't have to do it. All you have to do is your treasure has to be to seek God's will and to do God's will um, and to realize it's not what you do, but the fact that you choose him and it's what he does through you because he loves you. Um, And John 14, 27 says, peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you not as the world gives do I to you. Do not let your hearts be trouble or fearful. So again, he's reminding us that his peace is something the world cannot understand. And when you have God's peace and you have God's presence, which is a free gift for all of us that Jesus died on the cross for, uh, it helps our hearts to not be troubled. So again, even though our emotions might go out of whack, even though our heart might break, because unfortunately we live in a broken world where even though we don't want things to hurt us, lost relationships hurt. Um, Being rejected hurts. Not making the football team hurts being lied to by people hurts um giving your trust to someone and then breaking it hurts not being um loved the way you should be all that hurts our heart um in our desires we desire certain things i know me uh i struggle with not being attracted to people for their outside looks and more for their inside um and then there's people who to me look beautiful inside and out and god says they're not for you and so your heart struggles because you still have that emotions you still have that humanness in you and so when we stay distance from God what happens is our heart slowly starts to harden to those ways and our heart slowly starts to become more of a human heart um because we're not letting him guide it and so if we don't choose his protection then you know we won't be protected to the extent we could be but when we choose his protection he will protect us as much as he can but he gives us free will he's not going to make us a slave so if we don't want that protection and we keep going further further and further and further away from him by choice we're slowly giving our heart to the wrong person um and you could see that all in the bible in mark 6 52 it says for they had not gained any insight from the incident of the lows but their hearts were hardened jesus kept teaching them all this stuff but their hearts were hardened they were so focused on their treasure being on something else whether it was pride status money whatever it was a lot of the pharisees their hardened heart was from pride and so it hardened his heart pharaoh we talk about pharaoh's hardened heart and it actually says in the bible that god hardened his heart but the 
point was that they were trying to make through that wasn't that God chose to harden his heart, but that Pharaoh was never going to choose God. And so the person who was never going to choose God is who God hardened his heart. Um, in Jeremiah 17, their hearts were set on idols. And so their heart was hardened because they were looking to other things and not God. Um, and so those kind of things harden our heart. Like I said, whether it's because, you, you know, you want financial stability, you want to be popular, you want to be loved, all these things. We do all these things and we make our treasure not God instead of putting his service first and it starts to slowly harden our hearts. The people didn't understand that they had idols and that they were worshiping that over God but they just kept getting so distant from him. They weren't reading their they didn't have the Bible back then but us we don't read our Bibles. We don't keep up with the things and we distance ourselves away from God and they weren't sticking with the teachings they were told and they were twisting them and it was you know crumbling their heart. And so our heart also affects our actions in our words and so we have psalm 1914 where the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight my rock and my redeemer and i know this one hits me hard because for me you know i have a lot i'm a very emotional person and i have a whole lot of feelings and i remember one time and it was not at all on purpose but one time um i was very hurt by a situation and i just wanted it to end i made some sinful choices and you know most of the time when we make sinful choices like i said it's our own insecurities we're not actually trying to hurt the people we love it doesn't mean that we didn't and it doesn't mean we don't need to apologize for it and learn from it and grow from it and do whatever we can to help them get through the hurt we should absolutely accept accountability but my goal was not to hurt them um but I knew I hurt them and I just wanted it to be fixed so badly and what kept happening to me is they kept trying to heal, but I was trying to speed up the process so much. And I kept worried, oh, they said this, so they must still be mad. Or, oh, they did that, so they must be mad. And I had that in my heart, these feelings, because I had the fear of rejection. I had the fear of losing that friendship. I had all these fears. And what happened was I was meditating on all those things. Did she do this because she doesn't love me anymore? Did she do this because she's mad at me? Did she not do this because of this? And I did all this ridiculously analyzing. And I wasn't trying to do anything wrong with it. It was all out of love but what happened was I was meditating on those things in my heart so one day when I confronted them about something I didn't mean to but when I confronted them in a joking manner they said pretty much it sounded like I yelled at them and I was just caught off guard because I was I was joking um to try to talk to them about something and then all of a sudden they thought I was being you know this raging ugly person and I really was 100% truthfully joking but what I noticed was that fear and um you know guilt of hurting them and all that, I let that soak into my heart that even though I was joking with them, the meditation made the words out of my mouth come out with that frustration. The frustration came out of me, even though in that moment I was just joking. And that is why it's so powerful what we meditate in our heart and what we let in because it is used as a tool and it could be taken out on others, even if you're not meaning. So our heart and what we meditate on and what we focus on is so important. And that's why I keep going back to the where your treasure is, there your heart will also be because you know I know I keep saying it over and over but our treasure is typically the things that we focus our time on the most and the things we meditate on the most and the things you know we reflect on the most and for me it was that friendship I wanted it so bad I treasured it so much that it actually almost made me lose it because I put it ahead of the Lord um and when we do that it's it's not healthy and it takes a precedent and it's not fair to that person either because we shouldn't value a person more than our God 
Um, and we don't mean to, but that's often how the idolatry works. And a good example of that is the story of Samson and Delilah. And I'm not going to go through a huge reading of it, but um, if you don't know the story of Samson and Delilah, you can definitely look it up. But Samson was a man that was given massive strength and no one could take him down. But the strength came from his hair and, and um, Delilah tried to keep tempting him to tell the strength. But the interesting part about it is Samson doesn't tell her at first, but yet Delilah keeps trying to get him to say it. But you would think after the first time when Samson realizes that he's going to take the answer that she gives, try to use it against him and take his strength away from him, you would think it would make him, you know, be like, no, I'm not going to do this. But his heart was so into his feelings. His heart was so set on her and all these wrong emotions. He was missing the fact that she was not looking for his good and he let his love for her, the love in his heart, dictate his emotions. And that's the kind of things we need to guard ourselves from. It's okay to fall in love and it's okay to love people and want to be loved by people, but we can't take those things as priority over what God calls us to. And Samson had this amazing gift and should have been using it for the good of God, but instead he was so entangled with this Delilah. And, you know, like I said, he doesn't reveal his strength the first time. It was after a couple times. So he has seen this person betray him, betray him, betray him, but his heart was set on that lust and set on that love and it just completely destroyed them and that's what idols do to us is it puts our heart in the wrong direction and um next podcast i'll talk about you know even more than the idols of you know things that we want but those deeper idols like pride and stuff it really hardens our heart and like i said what happens is instead of us focusing on the things god wants for us and how we can use our gifts for him and for his glory we start to slowly move away and when you move away way your heart starts to harden you lose your servant heart you you lose your loving heart you lose your more obedient heart and you start to get a selfish heart and start worrying about what's in it for you but God is not a a, a selfish God he died on the cross for us and he forgives us a million times and we are supposed to have a heart after his heart um and the last thing I want to leave you with is Luke chapter 6 43 through 49 and it says for there is no good tree that bears bad fruit nor on the other hand, a bad tree that bears good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For people do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they pick grapes from a briar bush. The good person out of their good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. For his mouth speaks from what fills his heart. Now, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them, I will show them whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when there was a flood, the rivers burst against the house, and yet it could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who has heard and has not acted accordingly is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation, and the rivers burst against it and immediately collapsed, and the ruin of the house was great. So again, it goes back back to a person with good treasures in his heart brings forth what is good. If you are seeking after the right treasure and you are seeking after the right things and you are keeping your heart with God in control of it, um, it's going to bear that good fruit. But if you turn away from him and you focus on those angers, those neglections, those traumas, and you let them become an idol, like you, you take, you know, that relationship you want with your ex-boyfriend so badly that it becomes an idol and you start to have that 
resentment to God because it didn't work out or resentment to them where you start filling your heart with all those evil things or even like I said you know chasing after wealth and you start to you know start doing evil things like stealing or cheating others to get that wealth that's going to fill your heart and the words that come out your mouth and your actions are going to follow so like if you are chasing after wealth and you start stealing and lying and, and your words are going to follow you're going to start lying to cover up the money you stole you're going to start lying to people to cheat them to gain that goal and so you're going to produce the fruit of evil um not actual fruit it's going to bring forth evil and so yes we have to guard our heart um from things that are corrupt from the sin that is around us and like i said we we didn't think of it as the people because people generate our emotions people generate things but also it, it's really that deep rooted sin and that's why right after he talks about the heart he talks about everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts on them it's like the person with a good foundation so again it all starts with our foundation when your foundation is set on the lord when your foundation is to follow his will when your treasure is following God's will and having a relationship with him, your heart is naturally going to follow. It's not going to mean you won't mess up and you'll be like David begging for a clean heart, um, but it's your heart can become pured. It won't get so hardened that there's no point of return. Um, and when you feel like your heart's starting to harden, um, ask God for forgiveness, put yourself in check and, you know, realize you can have a clean heart in a pure spirit. Um, I know with me sometimes I'm Catholic, so I, I, I do confession. Um, and that's a whole nother topic, but I, I call it the best therapy that I, I need. You know, er, people say, oh, you go to therapy. Awesome. Well, that's what confession is to me. And so when I go, um, part of what confession is to me, but when I go to confession, you know, a lot of times it's when I know, like, I, I feel these sins and I just feel so distanced from God and I can't figure out what's wrong. And I go to confession and, you know, saying my sins out loud and talking through it with someone else, I start to realize that my heart started to go hardened and it started to distance without it. So even if confession's not, you know, something you do, it's very important to reflect on your day and to reflect on when you feel distant from God, what's happening to your heart and how can you clean it and make it pure again. So my question to you today is what is your treasure? How is that treasure? dictating your words, your actions, and your feelings. And is your treasure God or is it something else? Because you will hear it through what you're doing, what you're saying, and how you're feeling. We're always going to have emotions, but our heart always needs to be a heart for God that can go past those desires and past those emotions and past even a worldly broken heart. Because we know the person who ultimately guards our heart is God. And when we give into his will and we stay obedient to him, we can have that pure, clean heart and pure spirit that can only be given to us by him. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that helps. God bless.